Welcome to the Women Living Healthy podcast, where we empower and inspire women along her self-care journey, her spiritual path, and her wellness transformations. Join us weekly and begin embodying your true essence and authenticity. Become your very own wellness expert and embrace a life filled with good health, vitality, abundance, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to the Women Living Healthy Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kay, and I am the CEO and founder of LaFay Solutions Design and Wellness Center, where we offer holistic stress management and wellness solutions for the modern day woman. I'm a mother, a wife, a nurse, a nursing professor, a holistic certified stress management wellness coach, a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a certified spiritual life coach, and a certified Reiki healer. Join me every Thursday to learn how you can make peace within your mind mind, your body, and your spirit. Journey with me as we talk about topics of stress management, holistic and integrative health and wellness, complementary and alternative therapies, and spirituality. Enjoy inspirational talks with other busy working women, mothers, wives, entrepreneurs, nurses, physicians, therapists, and other wellness experts and coaches as they share their tips and tools and stories about their own wellness and spirituality journeys. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Women Living Healthy Podcast for Thankful Thursday. And this is episode number 27, entitled Tapping into Energy Medicine to Prevent Disease and Heal Chronic Pain. It is my great pleasure to introduce our special guest for today, Dr. Gail Jett. Dr. Jett is an advanced practitioner of Eden Energy Medicine. As well, she is an advanced practitioner of other healing modalities with credentials as a licensed massage therapist, a certified heart math practitioner, a certified biofield tuning practitioner, certified biowell practitioner, and a certified Reiki master teacher. Dr. Jett received her doctorate of theology in pastoral integrative health from Hollis University Graduate Seminary and Ordination in 2018. Her professional background includes a 40-year career as a registered nurse, family nurse practitioner, and women's health nurse practitioner. She is also a board-certified advanced holistic nurse and the founder of Advanced Healing Energetics. Dr. Jett believes it is imperative to share the scientific basis for energy healing modalities on that of disease prevention as an untapped resource as we witness our healthcare system in crisis. She believes that there has never been a better time than now to bring the gifts that many ancient practices have taught us in a way that people can clearly grasp understand, and apply to their health and to their life. It is clear that energy medicine does not replace Western medicine, but it does offer healing methods that traditional medicine often fails to provide alone. In today's interview, Dr. Jett provides her vision of an ideal team approach as it relates to energy medicine and disease prevention and the traditional Western medical model. She discusses the findings of her dissertation study, Energy Healing Modalities, specifically the biofield effects on subjective pain reduction as a self-care tool. She also adds her key insights into simple ways that we as busy women can add energy healing into our daily routine to help bring us more inner peace and healing and a sense of well-being. So without further ado, here's today's interview. Dr. With Jett, Dr. thank Gail you for Jett. joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Well, I'm delighted to be here. and Thank you for asking me. 
You're welcome. And I am very excited as I've just, you know, we talked a little bit, we had a little chat before we jumped on the call, but um, I, I really enjoyed your presentation. I attended the um, the Science of Healing Summit back in March, mm-hmm. the earlier part of this year. And right. uh, the topic of discussion was energy healing as preventive healthcare, which is much Correct. needed, right? And so right. I just, I really enjoyed the presentation that you gave. And, and of course, I, I'm just really enjoying what you're doing through your business as well. And I'm sure that you're going to talk a, a little bit about that, your vision behind your sure. business. And, um, but I think that now, nowadays within our healthcare crisis, right, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we yes. need as many tools and modalities for disease prevention, you know, as, as possible, right. And not just right. for that, but just, you know, for healing and, um, and, and health and well-being. And, um, but I think that energy medicine as I practice as well has, uh, has really made its mark here in Western cultures, right. And uh, now that we have the, the research to back what our ancient ancestors knew for thousands and thousands of years. So I'm very interested in you telling us a little bit about what kind of inspired you to come out of conventional traditional medicine into practicing energy medicine. And maybe you can just, again, tell us a little bit about the mission behind your business, Advanced Healing Energetics. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Well, I'm going to give you a little background and then that will help kind of pre give it a, a, you know, a basis for the mm-hmm. decisions that I've, that I've made, uh, which I've been very excited about. So uh, the quick version is in 2007, and I know that some folks may have heard this, but in 2007, I was shredding junk mail one day and there was a little, it was an overcast day in October, kind of yuck. And the little postcard came through and said something about, do you want to increase your energy? And I thought, well, yeah, who wouldn't? It was, you know, I was feeling kind of blah that day. Mm-hmm. And I started to put it in the shredder and I'm like, eh. and this, it's like this hand just went, no, you need to look at this. So <laughs> I looked at it. And the first thing that caught my attention was I could get continuing ed credits, which of course we have to have for our licenses. Mm-hmm. And so then I saw, oh, it's up in Seattle. And then I saw it's taught by two people that I had not ever heard of. And that was Donna Eden and uh, Dr. David Feinstein. And so I thought, well, yeah, it's a six hour drive. I'll pop up there for the weekend. And so I did. And it was a life-changing seminar in that I went in, I was pretty left brain, very conventional trained. um, And I went into it as a skeptic. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, okay, this is a lot of woo-woo stuff, right? right. And so I went, <laughs> but I was open. And uh-huh. what, I, what I experienced was life altering mm-hmm. in that I remember the night in the hotel room, I was brushing my teeth, looking in the mirror. And all of a sudden I was like, this voice said, your life is about to change. Wow. And it did. And I experienced things during Donna's presentation that I wanted to know more about. It was what I saw, what I felt, what I experienced. Mm -hmm. And all I knew was this was opening up a whole new um, area for me that was brand new. But what sealed the deal for me was Dr. Feinstein's presentation the next day. And he is very, very well known. He's world renowned. Mm -hmm in um, energy psychology and emotional freedom tapping or EFT. I hadn't heard of that either. And he did a presentation on that. What drew my attention was his slides that showed these PET scans Mm 
mm-hmm. of people before and after using a benzodiazepine, something like Valium or Ativan, for example, mm-hmm. um, for anxiety, and just a small portion of the brain <clears throat> lit up. And he compared that to doing a round of emotional freedom tapping. And that did it for me because a lot more of the brain lit up. And then he talked about some of the research that they've done. And subsequently we've had some amazing results with PTSD for soldiers and, and for others, you know, suffering from PTSD. And that did it. I, I looked into the program. They taught a two-year basic certification program. I took that. I took their advanced trainings and I'm now on the faculty for the Eden Energy Medicine um, or Eden Method Now certification program. Um, I incorporated that into my work at the time in an OBGYN clinic. Um, I was doing women's health and uh, I was... I, my employers were amazing and very supportive and they had no idea what it was I was doing, but I'd mm-hmm. actually worked with some of the doctors and they enjoyed some of the techniques I tried on them. And they're like, sure. And I was able to actually see like an energy, do an energy session client first thing in the morning. Then I would jump in and do conventional medicine for the day, you know, <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and then I would have my last one of the day would be another energy session. So I had a, a table massage table set up in my office and wow. it was, it was a little, you know, shifting gears, but mm-hmm. it was really fun. And then one of the most important pieces was I was able to use some of the techniques we have for pain and mm. um, anxiety control in the office during some of the ouchy procedures that women can experience in a gynecological office. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I won't, I won't go into the gory details, but <laughs> I was able to use those successfully with patients. Mm. And we actually build insurance because uh, not only was this and is this in under my scope, but I decided to get my massage license on top of it because acupressure, at least here in Oregon, is considered a modality of massage. And I, I, I'm just one of these people I like to cover my bases. So um, we successfully build insurance. And uh, so it was a great little way to, you know, bring this in. In 2013, this, um, the office disbanded, Uh, they kind of went on their own way. And, and so I did a little bit of primary care, kind of some part time and open an office in energy work and was, you know, slowly expanding that mostly through word of mouth. But one of the things, one of the most important pieces to me with this, again, Mm -hmm. coming in as a basic left brain skeptic, that's been my background. A lot Mm -hmm. of us in medicine tend to be that way. Right. We know that. Um, And we have to be because we have to ask good questions and we need to be basing our work on good evidence-based research. Mm -hmm. And and I emphasize the word good and credible evidence-based research because not all research is created equal as we know. Absolutely. So I started delving into the research behind it. And I remember (laughs) there was an article in our local paper, and I think this was around 2010 or 11 when I was still in this office. But the reason it was important is that they are, they'd done an article on 
acupuncture in animals. And mm. my vet at the time did acupuncture with, with my pets and mm. it was very successful. And I was like, well, this is great. Right. And so I contacted the newspaper and the guy was like, well, if you can give me uh, research to back this up, yes, I will come and do an interview. Mm-hmm. So we had it all set up. I sent him some stuff. He actually came to my office. I actually did some energy work on him. And he said afterwards, he said, well, that was very interesting. And I know it had an effect on him, but you could just see, right? Like, right. like not quite sure what to think about it. <laughs> and so then I sent him some more stuff. And of course, then the next day, he said that there wasn't enough good evidence for him to write the article. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. And I think that was one of the driving forces because, you know, this work gets called out there, uh, Mm -hmm. woo-woo, a lot of, you know, less than complimentary terms. And to me, that is simply the reaction of people who are not trying to be mean or dismissive. They don't understand it. Right. at human beings, you know, being what we are, sometimes we just close ourselves off to the fact that there might be more than five ways to sense the world mm-hmm. beyond seeing, hearing, believing, tasting, and smelling. Exactly. And those of us, I'm just going to put a, and I think this goes for a lot of good health care providers, nurses for sure. And I know a lot of doctors as well. And I would say probably you've done the same thing in your practice. Mm-hmm. We rely on our intuition, mm-hmm. our sixth sense. Yes. I have used it more times than I can count when I would be with a patient and I'm thinking, I need to order this. Yeah, we better rule this out. Or no, I don't think we need to do that yet. And mm-hmm. I've always listened to that little gut instinct and it never steered me wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is, it's an advantage. And I think, I think good healthcare providers really listen to that, you know, Absolutely. They, they make, mm-hmm. yeah, they make, they make a real point. So um, over the period of 2013 to now, I would say I did, I worked some part-time jobs in primary care and I just found that I was less and less satisfied because I felt this is for me, this isn't across the board, but for me, I felt that what we were doing in terms of so-called preventative medicine really wasn't preventative. And I'm Mm -hmm. going to expand on that and just Mm -hmm. say that true preventative medicine, I believe, is based on just correcting energetic disturbances in the human energy field. And yes, for our audience, it exists. Yes. And I'm happy to talk about that. There are measurement devices we have there. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Melinda Connor, Dr. Caitlin Connor, Dr. Jens Eikhoff, and mm-hmm. Dr. Gary Schwartz. They did a paper on the empirical test suite. So this was mm-hmm. a study done, and I think they, it was published earlier this year or last year in the Journal of Healing and Caring. Mm -hmm. Um, where they tested, I believe it was 250 energy practitioners Mm -hmm. and they tested them with tools well-known in the industry. We're talking voltmeters. Okay. We're talking physio suites such as heart math where, yeah, you, where, you know, you can regulate your heart rate, Mm -hmm. variability, 
and the BioWell camera, a yes. you know, very well established research device that I actually used in my dissertation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what they found was that, yes, we are able to measure these, what we've so called so-called subtle energies. Mm-hmm. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. No. But do we have a good basis for, yes, we are working with some energies that also have an intelligence. Absolutely. You know, we know about the work with uh, Lemmy Taggart, for example, with intention mm. and many others who have, who have worked with, with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I found myself more and more becoming, you know, what we were calling preventative were actually screening tests, which there's nothing wrong with that. The basis is catch something before it's a real problem. But there was another person who had a profound effect on me during that time. And that was, um, the, the book is make uh, overdiagnosed, making people sick in the pursuit of healthcare. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Gilbert Welch, he actually came to Bend here where I live, Bend, Oregon, and spoke to us in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed with what he had to say. And, and his book is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But the gist of it was that we have started ratcheting no, that, that in our zeal <clears throat> to do real preventative medicine, that we may be starting to do more harm than we do good. And what, what he meant by that is that we'll take, for example, blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I've been a nurse practitioner for 40 years, 41 now to be exact. Okay. Became one a long time ago before anybody even knew what they were. <laughs> but <laughs> So I've, I've seen a few things over the years. Uh-huh. And one of the things that was interesting is as people get older, this is basic physiology 101. As we get older, our blood vessels, our arteries, they get stiffer. Right. They're not as elastic. They don't rebound mm-hmm. back as, as much. And so what, you know, as the, the powers that be put in place, these different parameters and measurements and metrics and all these things, they started ratcheting down what was considered a normal blood pressure for people and saying, well, you know, top used to be 140 over 90. And now they've, they've moved that down some more. And I don't exactly know where it is right at the moment, but I know that it is lower. Mm-hmm. And what we started having problems with is we're putting people on medications right. that are lowering their blood pressure and we're having falls as a result. They're standing up and passing out. And, you know, so it was like, well, are we mm. doing more harm than good here? Right. Mm. Another mm-hmm. great big one of mine, a, I'm just going to say it right out, pet peeve of mine, <clears throat> blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I can remember. I've worked in women's health and was a labor and delivery nurse back in my early career, worked with a lot of pregnant ladies. And I can remember back when a top end normal blood sugar was 140, we would give them the glucose, you know, to, to check for gestational diabetes. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's all come way down now as we know. And we're, I don't even know, I think maybe the top end and correct me if I'm wrong, I I don't know off the top of my head because I'm not doing that now. But I want to say the top end of normal for blood sugar is like 100 and it might even be 90. 
mm-hmm. but it's lower. You know, yeah. it was 120 and then it was 110. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's lower and lower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets lower and lower. And the thing is, now we've created a whole new disease. Mm. It's called prediabetes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we've created a whole new class of patients who need medication for that. Right. And I'm, I understand the idea behind it, mm-hmm. but here again, is this where we are doing more harm than good? Because now we've got, because here's another big piece. We've created anxiety hmm. around all of this. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, what's my blood sugar doing? And, yeah. and again, I'm not here to knock any of this, but there are I, other ways there can be still good old fashioned dietary and exercise and mindfulness exercise, meditation, and Mm -hmm. things like acupuncture and energy uh, healing that can help to control blood sugar when you come at it from these Eastern perspectives. So I, you know, ultimately, I, I dropped out of conventional medicine about four years ago, I was thinking about Mm -hmm. that, I just sort of slowly transitioned. And what I'm doing now is, is strictly lots of um, counseling and um, energy sessions, energy healing sessions with people. But what we're really working on is true preventative um, health care, mm-hmm. because I think there's a real place for bringing this kind of work, the, the various modalities. What I do is not the only one. I happen to like Donna Eden's work because she has a basic daily energy routine, which our listeners can go online to YouTube and put in Donna Eden 2015 daily energy routine, which is a super easy series of techniques that take less than 10 minutes to do. They don't make you hot, sweaty, or sore, and they help to balance the chakras, the meridians, the aura. Yes. All these systems Mm -hmm. exist. Okay. Yeah. And you, you and I both know that. And so it's great for the person who may not, who may be housebound. Okay. Right. Who can't go to a yoga class or a Tai Chi class or Qigong. Um, it is great for the person who might um, not have the money. Mm-hmm. They can do it right in the privacy of their own homes, but still get some good basic support that actually people find that once they start doing it, they tend to have greater mental clarity. They tend to have better, um, sometimes better sleep. Uh, more energy. And those are the things that I hear from people all the time. So I think there is a real place Hmm. in our healthcare system for a true, what we call team approach. Yes. And a team approach to me is where we're all working together for the good of the client Mm -hmm. and Chinese. This, a lot of this is based on, pardon me, traditional Chinese medicine where in the provinces, and I've heard they may still practice this some kind of out in the, in the more rural areas mm-hmm. where the only time the practitioner was paid was when the person was, they stayed well. Mm-hmm. And your, mm-hmm. your early practitioners, they used a combination of energy healing techniques, acupuncture, herbs, you know, herbs play a huge role in Chinese medicine with good reason. Plant medicine is very old medicine. It still works. Yes. And <laughs> And the thing is, you can't patent it. 
Right. And I don't know if our listeners know that, but there's still a lot of good (laughs) basis for plant medicine. So that's my mission is to help empower people to know that they have another tool. Mm. I'm not saying stop what you're doing. I'm saying you have another tool that can augment what it is that you're doing for your healthcare. Mm. All that was so good, Dr. Jett. And and you're so right. Yeah. I mean, because I can say a lot from just what you said, you know, I I could just, we can go in many different directions, but but I think that just to tap onto the last piece that you said in terms of empowerment. And, um, but I, I think that is the critical point because I think that a part of us has given over our power that we have this innate ability to heal ourselves. And yes. we've become so conditioned of looking outside of ourselves, looking externally, and that could be in the form of medicine or surgery or what have you. Sure. And sure. I think that that is one of the reasons why we have so much uh, skepticism uh, from this Western <clears throat> modern medical system is because in, really they know that <laughs> that exists outside of our senses, as you said, and sure. uh, that we sure. do have this biofield and this, these energy centers that work outside and within the body. But I do think that there's a sense of understanding or this knowledge that we do already have this power within us. And I think that our medical systems realize that, right. But I think that now it seems that there's a, there's a shift where people are really now starting to recognize that uh, these Eastern practices, such as that of energy healing and meditation, yoga, Ayurveda, you know, systems, all of that, that they are really, you know, showing uh, promises in the, in the research. And it's not until the right people adopt these practices where then therefore we now see the Western system start to catch up and the research behind it that's starting to catch up. Right. And, um, but I think that now Western medicine is recognizing that we're overloaded beyond our capacity. Right. And uh, you have doctors, healthcare providers who are tasked with doing so much in terms of chronic illness with, with patients, they have less time with patients. And so these practices that, that we're doing, of course, it's not meant to replace Western medicine. No, no, not at all. Not at all. all. No, but like you said, it's this team approach, this holistic integrative approach that we can come into these tools and practices and modalities that um, are now showing that they are are good for our health and well-being overall, holistically, mind, body and spirit. And that now that we can tap into this amazing, amazing energy (laughs) to bring back human healing. Right. Right. And um, so those are some excellent points that you have brought about. And so you mentioned about your dissertation study. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit and tell us what the findings were? Yeah. (laughs) So so for those people who've done research, you will, you will understand uh, my, my pain around this. I, this was the first time that I actually did clinical research and it is, it is a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are many components to it. And I will not bore our listeners with all of that. But suffice it to say, what really got my attention was uh, several years ago, 2015, actually, um, I was at a ICEM ICEM conference, which stands for, excuse me, International Society for the Study of subtle energy in energy medicine. Mm -hmm. And the people, the presenters are some of the top energy researchers, practitioners, physicists, and that kind of thing in Mm -hmm. the world. And I was particularly intrigued by Dr. Beverly Rubick, who is a physicist. She has done a tremendous amount of work on the energy field. 
Mm -hmm. And she did a, a study back oh, several years ago now, looking at Qigong practitioners do, and using the BioWell camera. The BioWell camera, people can go online and take a look at it. It's been mm -hmm. around for over 20 years and okay. research proven device used as a diagnostic tool in many developed nations around the world and has now been moved up to, up to is what I, from experimental here in the United States to a wellness device. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, she did a study of Qigong practitioners. She got a baseline with the camera. She had them do about an hour of Qigong mm -hmm. and then repeated the study and didn't see a whole lot of change in their biofield, meaning it stayed pretty, pretty robust and pretty uniform. She compared that to people who'd not done Qigong, took an, a before and an after, and saw a, a change of significance in the after scans of the folks brand new to Qigong. Mm -hmm. And she studied these for a period of time and definitely saw that there was an improvement in people's energy fields hmm. after doing something like Qigong. And Qigong right. has been around for a long time. Right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Then she repeated that study a few years later with yoga practitioners, mm -hmm. same type of setup, same, you know, very similar findings. So then I got the idea. I thought, wow, you know, here's Donna Eden's little 10 minute or less, um, very powerful series of techniques that basically can be used by anybody. And oh, by the way, people can visualize themselves doing it too. And it mm -hmm. works. I have worked with people doing this. I, it, it works. And so at the time, you have to have, have credible research. It has to be something that adds to the current body of right. knowledge. And so because the BioWell camera at the time that I did it was not considered, um, it was considered experimental. My chair, my uh, dissertation chair suggested, you know, one of the big problems in this country is pain. Let's, mm -hmm. let's bring pain in and change your focus. <clears throat> so um, what I chose was back pain because anybody who's had it, myself included, no, yes. it, it, it's, yeah, it can be debilitating. Yeah. Right? It's about 80% of the population. <laughs> exactly. And then we're talking 80% worldwide. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, I, I chose that and I did a, what we call a small pilot study and I had to you know, go through the IRB and then um, recruit my, my uh, subjects. And I had a total of um, 12 people who signed up. How we did it was I took a BioWell scan initially, just again, because I wanted to see, you know, how mm -hmm. this might play into it. They then uh, with me, we did the daily energy routine. And then we did specifically something called zone tapping. Mm -hmm. which Donna teaches in her program in a much more uh, refined um, and kind of more inclusive format. But essentially what it was, was tapping for people on all around their ankles. Uh, okay. I'll digress and say the way we learn it, it is a type of zone therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, anybody who's done research knows that if I'd had different zones that worked for different people that would have added a whole bunch more variables to this. Right, and yeah. I thought, I just want to get a basic, you know, something that we can build on. So I had people tap. It was very precise, you know, 10 times around the ankle 
wait 10 seconds. Then they tapped 30 times around the ankle and then would take a look at their back pain. Mm-hmm. And they had to, they did that anytime they had pain, but the, the key one thing was they did the daily energy routine every day as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that we had statistical significance, which was the goal mm-hmm. in reducing pain because across the board, every single one of them, 11 completed it out of the 12, every one of them had varying degrees of reduction of pain, but they all had reduction of pain. And the other thing that we saw was an improvement in right, left brain balance. Uh-huh. And that's a whole other topic, but, right. um, and that was through the bio well. So mm-hmm. I, I was pleased that, you know, this, like I said, this is a tool that could, uh, could appeal to a certain segment of our population. It's not going to appeal to everyone and it's going to appeal to the people who do feel empowered because you made a really good point in our healthcare system. We need, we need to empower. There's two players we need to empower. We need mm-hmm. to empower our patients mm-hmm. into understanding they are in a partnership. And we need to empower our providers mm. in a new way right. that takes them, takes the burden of the mm-hmm. busy work that they're doing. You and I both know about yes, this. And yes. it wasn't always this cumbersome. But how in the world do you give good care to people when you've got X amount of, you know, seven to 10 minutes in your typical primary care visit mm-hmm. nationwide? I agree. I, I, I know there are those who have more time, but that's not the standard, mm-hmm. particularly in primary care. Right. And a patient doesn't feel heard. I get it in my office all the time. Mm-hmm. People are increasingly frustrated. They're like, yeah, I have to wait another three months to ask my other question. I could only ask one question. I have to pay another copay. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I remember from my basic training as a nurse practitioner, I actually went to Sonoma State University in, in Northern California, and it was one of the first programs in the United States. Mm-hmm. And one of my teachers was a family medicine doc. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he said to me, which I will never forget, mm-hmm. it, he said to us, he said, if you will give people 20 minutes to talk about what's going on in their lives, mm-hmm. you will get your diagnosis. Mm. And, you know, I've never forgotten that. And wow. one of the blessings that I did have in my conventional practice was with the folks that I worked with, I was able to give people that time. Mm. And it was important because what's happening with people today is they're Mm -hmm. not being heard. That's right. They're not being heard. And if you're not heard, Mm -hmm. how do you feel empowered? That's right. And our healthcare providers are being told increasingly, this is what you're going to do. You know, it's like we all went into healthcare to help people. Exactly. And how do we help them when we're being told, nope, you've got to follow Mm-hmm. this particular protocol for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we, but this is not one size fits all medicine. Exactly. Because we're all different. Yes. So this to me is where we are in need of critical change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a good point. And, and really that's what this podcast is about, you know, for people to feel empowered to become their own health expert. 
right? right? And right. Um, but yeah, so true that um, you know our the way that our our modern medical system is designed is to follow algorithms <laughs> and models. Yes, right. That right. you know, there's <laughs> so many outliers, right? right? Because we're so <laughs> unique. I mean, the, you know, we we can't have this just one size fits all approach. No. And um, and again, this traditional model is just now we're recognizing that it alone is is going to fail us, right? Yes. Um, yes. Well, it already we, is. Yeah. Right. It already right. is. So let's talk about, well, good. That was a, uh, thank you for sharing about your dissertation study about that of, of pain and using energy medicine with that. And so what are you seeing with your clients when they come to you? Like, what are the, the reasons why individuals seek energy medicine? Like what are some of the, the common struggles that you're seeing with women, especially, um, oh, and come, yeah. how to, how do we come out of this natural harmony and balance of our energy systems? Because they're usually in alignment naturally, right? I mean, that's yes. our innate system, but along the way, because of uh, a lot of our, you know, issues that we deal with grief, loss, disease, pain, you know, all of that. So what are you seeing commonly with some of the struggles in the population that you treat? Sure. I would say that the common themes that I'm dealing with, with people right now, pain is one of them for sure, chronic pain, but I'd say the, and in, yes, the bulk of my clientele are women Mm -hmm. and I think it's because women recognize that it's culturally more okay for them to ask for help. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're getting a little bit better about empowering our men, but right. not, we've got a, a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. That said, women are being tasked, in my opinion, today with a burden of duties to others, unlike we've ever seen. Yes. What do I mean by that? Well, our lives have become increasingly complicated mm-hmm. and any woman listening to this, we all know what we're talking about. We are being pulled in 97,000 different directions between family obligations, career obligations. And by family, I mean, for many women, they can end up being sandwich people. As right. we know, they're possibly caring for a parent or more, Mm -hmm. and they could be possibly caring not only for their own children, but possibly their grandchildren. And so it is this huge thing. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, where do you start? So what I'm seeing is a lot of overwhelm, a lot of overwhelm. People come in and like, oh my God, I don't even know where Where to to start. start, Right. (laughs) So one of the first things that I give people, and I'm going to share this with our listeners because it's so Mm -hmm. powerful and it's so super easy Uh is that if each person brings to mind, what what I will do is say, I don't even know, need to know specifically what the stressor is. You can tell me if you want, but I don't need to know it Mm -hmm. because it still works. And what I have them do is bring it to mind and then give it a number. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like on a scale of one to 10, right? where would you rate this? You know, 10 being like just off the charts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they tell me, they'll give me a number, but I don't need to know what it is. And then they put one hand, doesn't matter which one, one hand goes on the forehead. One hand goes on the back of the head where the eyes and the eyebrows would be in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Now you are holding specific acupuncture points, right? that help to bring the flow of blood back up to the brain, because we know that with the stress response, and I want people to, this is key for people to know, Mm -hmm. with the stress response, and we have no shortage of those particularly now. Right. 
we've, this is an unprecedented time in history. Whenever we have the stress response, and this has been documented, they've actually done angiography studies. I wish I could find the one that was fascinating. It's online somewhere. But anyway, uh-huh. when a person thinks of stress, up to 80% of the blood leaves the prefrontal cortex, the brain, okay, mm-hmm. up here where we have our smarts, we have our tools, we have our coping mechanisms, we yes. have, you know, mindfulness, right? Well, you know what, guess what, if the blood leaves, we don't have access to that. Exactly. And that's what we're seeing so much of today mm-hmm. is a lot of what I, I call knee jerk hindbrain behavior. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Right. It is that some of the blood goes back to the hindbrain, which is, you know, that's our autopilot. Exactly. But we're losing, this is why I think common sense has kind of (laughs) gone out the window too. Okay. Uh So basic common sense, right. (laughs) But, but these particular acupuncture points will bring the blood back up to the brain and the study that was really interesting to watch showed on angiography mm-hmm. that the blood vessels just went, <laughs> just shrunk the arteries, the little arteries. <laughs> right. Interesting. interesting. <laughs> and here's, and there's another piece to this. And we know that there are important hormones that are released. Every time mm-hmm. we go into what we call fight or flight, this is activation of the sympathetic nervous system versus the parasympathetic, which mm-hmm. is the rest or digest. Ideally, we want to be in rest and excuse me, rest and digest mm-hmm. versus fight or flight. Right. But our lifestyles today have put us more into mm-hmm. fight or flight. Okay. Absolutely. Now we make adrenaline, which mm-hmm. makes us be able to run and and, you know, either fight the marauding tribes or the saber tooth tiger or whatever, right. Or <laughs> yeah. run from it. And so that's fine. And then we make increasing amounts of cortisol, mm-hmm. which is also designed to blunt pain and give you a burst of energy, but it is short-term only. It is, was never designed to be this long-term recurrent, recurrent, recurrent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I have some thoughts about the increasing amount of Alzheimer's. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a lot of factors, but when you think that cortisol can, combination of blood leaving up here, meaning you're not removing toxic waste, mm-hmm. you're not bringing oxygen and new blood and nutrition to this area, including the rest of the brain, like the limbic system, the hippocampus, <laughs> hippocampus is the site of learning. Yes. Yes. And they've seen atrophy of the hippocampus uh-huh. with continued cortisol stimulation. Wow. That's and, interesting. And I, right. And I, what I tell, I tell clients because a lot of them will come in and say, yeah, my husband's got the news on 24 seven. I said, first thing, turn it off, <laughs> turn it off. Yeah. I mean, that constant fight or flight, like you say, but it's interesting that you mentioned about Alzheimer's because we have a guest coming on the show, actually, who's going to talk about that, um, the relationship between chronic stress and Alzheimer's and she'll be yeah. here next, next month to talk about that. So, but uh, yeah, right on it. Very interesting. And so, yeah, so all of this, uh, chronic, um, you know, the stress response, uh, surely yes. it affects our energy and, um, you know, oh, all yeah. of our, our, you know, the inside energy and the energy around us, because, you know, a lot of that, that we don't realize is how we're connected to, to each other. I talk a lot about this on, on the podcast, but, um, 
you know, we're, we're constantly pulling from our energy field when we're battling this chronic stress and overwhelm. Right. right. And so we eventually right. we deplete, you know, who we are as, you know, yes. as uh, the, the higher consciousness and, and so forth, you know? So, um, and I also want you to talk about this because I heard you talk about this on that presentation about like uh, wearables and, um, like a lot of electronics oh, right, um, right. that we're constantly in contact with all day and all night, like, you know, how that's affecting our energy field as well. Do you want to kind of talk about that briefly? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I want everybody to know, I, I use electronics. I mean, they've right. become a part of our lives, but Absolutely. I think it's important to limit mm -hmm. our exposure to them. And I mean, personally, I'm in front of a computer many hours, most days of the week. Yeah, um, Wi-Fi happens to be here in my room as well, you know, so yes, I get it, but I do um, often have my phone when I'm in my office, for example, um, my phones are my phone, you know, for here, it, I have it on airplane mode until I, you know, maybe between clients, I'll turn it on just to check and see if anybody needs to get a hold of me for some mm -hmm. reason. The reason I mentioned that is because our phones and yeah, I wouldn't give up my phone. Okay. But our phones have become an integral part of our lives, mm -hmm. but they are giving off radiation. Right. And they're giving off frequencies. And this has been well documented, even mm -hmm. though the telecom industry is not willing to look at this, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that could be a whole other talk. So I'm not going to go there. But right. what I what I do want to say is we we are made up of frequencies. Our bodies are made up of electromagnetic fields that are generated by each of our organs. And we um, do better at lower frequencies mm -hmm. when we have these higher frequencies, such as coming off your cell phones. And I'm sorry, even some of the wearables, I know the, you know, the the eye, the watches and all, you know, the eye watch and right. all of these, they're very popular and they can give you some good information. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying don't do it. Right. I'm saying if there's a way, you know, perhaps particularly for you tracking your sleep at night, mm -hmm. maybe do it three nights a week and not every night because it is in the background and it is having mm -hmm. an effect on your, on your energy field. And yeah. Yeah, One other piece mm -hmm. to the stress response mm -hmm. that I think is important for people to understand with all this is that there are three energy systems that go offline with the stress response. And that is the immune system. Mm -hmm. And what are we seeing right now? A <laughs> lot of illness. Yes. Okay. Yes. Again, whole other, whole other talk. <laughs> the gastrointestinal system goes offline. Mm. What are we seeing right now? Lots mm. and lots of, you know, I be in, in, you know, irritable bowel, Crohn's, um, yes. celiac, um, the digestive, it goes on and on and on. Right. Mm -hmm. And the um, other system that goes offline, particularly important for women to know is the reproductive mm. Okay, mm -hmm. for both, mm -hmm. both of us, both male, male and female. But tying it back in together, this is one of the reasons that I suggest, at least in our house, um, electronics, try to have things like your phone. If you have to have it on at night, and I understand for some people they do, they're on call, right? Okay. Try to have it at least three feet away from you when you're sleeping. This also goes for clocks and radios and anything else that 
uses electricity. Right. Have it about three feet away from your, from your body, your sleeping area. Hmm. The other piece of it is don't want, don't use, you know, unless you're using a filter on your phone, something like Flux, which is a filter that mimics the circadian rhythm of daylight and warm versus right. uh, blue light versus warm light, mm-hmm. right? Blue light, which is given off by our devices, can be very stimulating and can interfere with sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's a good idea to, you know, try one of these filters to limit your exposure to this stimulating blue light. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. sleep is critical for mm-hmm. all of us, critical for healing it's critical to restore our, our bodies and it's critical for the immune system. Yes, absolutely. So I, I turn the Wi-Fi off in the house at night <clears throat> and, and, and yeah. the phone. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very interesting with this 5G as well. I mean, that's a yes. whole other conversation. We don't right, have to go there. Right, <laughs> right. right. But this has been some great, great information, Dr. Jeff. So you have this whole toolbox of different energy healing modalities that right. you use, I know, in your practice. And we'll have to bring you back on so we can talk about more. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so are there any key takeaways that you want to provide women of like maybe how they can just get started? Just simple things that they can do at home. I think you mentioned about Donna Eden. Yes. Um, some practices that maybe, you know, listeners yes. can just start on a day-to-day, pra- uh, day-to-day basis and simple practices that they can start? The first thing that I'm going to say, and as a woman, I've had to do this for myself and it's not easy. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing is give yourself permission to recharge your batteries, because if you don't recharge your batteries and they just get depleted and depleted and depleted, and we all know what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be there or be effective in any of the roles that you have. It can mean that you give yourself permission because it's part of your health that you have half an hour. If you have to get up earlier in the morning before anybody else is up, that's what you do. Half an hour, even if it's 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but do some sort of self-care. Donna Edens, as I mentioned, you can go to YouTube, type in Donna Eden 2015 daily energy routine. She takes you through the whole thing. Super easy. Good. Helps to balance everything. And that takes very little time. It truly is less than 10 minutes. Okay. okay. Good. Good. That's a for anxiety and overwhelm that head mm-hmm. hold that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. You, because what I tell my clients is energy gets into bad habits like we do. Right. <laughs> so the more often we do this, you are training mm-hmm. the brain you know, you start to feel it, you know, here Mm -hmm. I go. Right. You're training the brain not to go there. You put your hands back up and because, and I've talked about this in other talks and that can be another talk. We are electromagnetic and we are stimulating these acupressure points Mm -hmm. that bring the blood back up into the brain. And when you have blood back up in there Mm -hmm. into your frontal, you know, prefrontal cortex, the limbic system, the hippocampus, all of that, you can't be in that state of overwhelm, right? You, you can't. So you're training the brain and it doesn't mean that the stressor is any work, you know, less. Mm-hmm. It is your reaction mm-hmm. to the stressor because one of the most important things is for all of us to be mindful of our thoughts. Yes. 
Okay. They play a huge role in all of this too. So when you're thinking about something that makes you scared, get those hands up there. <laughs> but, but the yeah. key, the key thing is I give all of us permission mm. to take, ideally you have an hour to yourself each day. I appreciate that doesn't work for everyone, mm -hmm. but it might be 10 minutes here and it might be 10 minutes here. Right. If you can get outside, get your feet on bare feet on grass. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always work all times of year in all parts of the country. Right. I get it, but that is about grounding and that can be yes. a whole nother talk. Yeah. That is very healing and brings yes. a lot of peace. Just bring, you know, um, being yes. in nature, but really absorbing, you know, yes. that energy from the ground. Good. Yeah. These are all oh, great. Anything else? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would say, and finally, you know, one of the things that I find very useful is to do a little gratitude list every day. Mm -hmm. And this is quick and simple, but you're activating a very important energy system that Donna calls the radiant circuits. In Chinese medicine, they refer to them as the strange flows or the extraordinary vessels. And we like to think of this energy system as the inner physician. Mm -hmm. And where I'm going with this is when you have a gratitude list, it can be something as simple as, walk outside, look at that sunrise, mm. okay? Or watch an amazing snowstorm or thunderstorm or something like that that just gets you like, ooh, you know. Mm. But you can say, I'm grateful for my eyes for being able to see this. Yes. I'm grateful for my legs to be able to walk out and say, I'm, mm. I'm grateful for this beautiful panorama. Mm -hmm. And you can add it. I'm grateful for the people in my lives. You can list them. I'm grateful for my dog, my cat, my you know, it can be anything because you're going to notice that your, your mood, it begins to lift and that's called raising your vibration. Right. right. And of course, that's a whole nother talk because <laughs> we know that, that all the molecules of emotions all have a frequency. Yes. So I would leave it for folks that mm -hmm. the daily energy routine for our women listeners, daily energy routine, forehead hold for stressful stuff of any kind. Mm -hmm. You can hold for two to three minutes. You can do it, you know, two to three deep breaths if that's all you have time for, but you're retraining the brain and think about that gratitude list mm -hmm. because it can make a huge difference. Yes. So good. So good. Well, good. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jet. This has been amazing. And you're surely welcome. we'll have you back on more than this time, maybe two, okay. three, four times, because we have so much to talk about <laughs> that we could talk about. So great. So how can listeners get in touch with you or if they're interested in working with you through sure. your practice, you want to yeah, provide your the, contact? Mm -hmm. Sure. The easiest way is probably my website, which okay. is www.advancedhealingenergetics.com. It's all one word, no, no, no periods or anything. Uh-huh. Dot com. And okay. I have a contact form through there. Mm -hmm. Um, my phone numbers through there, uh, email, all of all of that. That's mm -hmm. probably the easiest because people can put a little something and provide their contact information. And I and I do, I do mm -hmm. reply. I do get back to people. Mm -hmm. Good, so. good. Well, thank you so much for everything that thank you're doing. You. Yeah, so much needed and you're doing a wonderful job. So thank keep you. up the good work. Thank you <laughs> for right. having thank me you for too. being here. You're welcome. Right. You take care. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Women Living Healthy Podcast, where we inspire and empower women to make peace with her mind, her body, and her spirit. If this was your first time checking in, then go ahead and click follow so you don't miss out on one of our exciting episodes. And please leave a review. We appreciate your feedback and we'll connect to you next time. Take care.